Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18+. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Ah, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So it's uh, all for play for still. Oh, I don't know what's happened. Let's try that again. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi, villains, and welcome to Fertile Love of Pomegranate Podcast. Uh, I've no idea what happened there a moment ago, but I don't really care because Aston Villa 2, Spurs 1 is the final score from today. Certainly not a polished performance, but do I look like a fellow who really cares now that we've gotten the win bag? I must say, it feels good to win away from home. It feels good to win away from home when we don't play well, and it feels really good to win away from home. To get into fourth place in the Premier League... Oh, you can kind of see I've got a very, my face is red. I I um, found that game, as I'm sure a lot of you guys will, I found that first half incredibly tough. Um, I usually sit back and when I watch games, I usually don't get too angry or anything like that when I watch games. My God, was I, I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. The first half with some, some, Bits of playing that game, that right hand side was all wrong. It knocked the balance off in midfield, and it made us come too narrow on our left hand side because we were trying to shuffle shuffle people over to to accommodate for that right hand side. We'll get into it in another day, so I'd like to go back and watch it again. But that was comfortably Azuikans' worst game under Unai Emery. But that's okay. We don't want to be negative in this podcast at all because a two one win against against Spurs is just absolutely brilliant. And it's exactly what we needed. And I said before the game, I said before the game today that it was going to be a, it was going to be difficult, number one, but it was one of those games where Aston Villa needed to kind of show that they had exercised the mental demons more so than anything else of the Newcastle game, the Liverpool game. And for parts of that game, it didn't look like we had. And arguably, we still haven't 
shown that we've done that. But on the scoreboard, we have. On the scoreboard today, we showed that we we exercised those demons because we got a result. And we came from 1-0 down away from home, which is all the more impressive given how poorly we played in the first half. We came from 1-0 down away from home and we scored two well-worked goals. Really well-worked goals. The first goal was an absolute beauty of a free kick. A beauty of a free kick from from uh, Diego Car- uh, from Douglas Luiz. And what a planter of a header from Pau Torres. Absolutely brilliant header from Pau Torres, who was unlucky in the first half, probably tried to place it too much um, for the one that he missed in the first half, but he certainly didn't miss that second one. It was absolutely beautiful. Put in the only place uh, Vicario couldn't get to it. And we got out of jail because it really should have been 3-1 to Spurs. Well, probably 3-2, I suppose, and we would have still be saying we were got, we gotten out of jail uh, at halftime because Spurs missed chance after chance in the first half. And we capitalised with something that we mentioned in the team sheet tantrum, and you guys mentioned it because, as I said, you're the most knowledgeable fan, you're the most knowledgeable chat group of all time um, that we have here on For the Love of Pomegranate podcast. And we spoke about it beforehand, about how important set pieces were going to be. And that set piece may very well be one of the most important set pieces Aston Villa will take this season because of the end result. In a game where we look like getting steamrolled at times, Pau Torres comes up and puts his, puts his big forehead on, on a beautiful cross and gives us hope just before halftime. Really great. Like, really... It was a, it was a, a get-out-of-jail. It was a shot in the arm, and it was brilliant to see that we were able to take that chance when we did. Because when we came out in the second half, we were a much different beast. Yes, they had their attacks. We also had their attacks. We missed some chances. We pulled up when we shouldn't have pulled up at times. We didn't drive at their defense, which I thought was a mistake. And I think will be a mistake going forward. We don't seem to drive at the defense, specifically uh, through Diaby and Bailey, when we should do, utilize that pace. But then the second goal comes from just a brilliantly worked move. We get the ball. We, we, we got a purple patch. We got the ball at Kamara's feet, just plays that straight ball into, into Ollie Watkins, who just lays it off to Tielemans, who lays it off to Ollie Watkins. And I will not be convinced that the toe peg or the toe poke is not a skill. It was a fantastic finish. People will say, oh, he toe pegged it. He didn't mean it. Or there was no way he could have flicked it like that. Keeping that ball low, the only way to do it is like that. And he gets it right past Vicario. Vicario has no time to react to it. If he puts his if he puts his his laces on that, it lifts off the ground. Vicario has time to react. Catches him unawares. First time shot, first time poke, brilliant finish. And he'd been out of the game, Ollie Watkins. He'd been out of the game, hadn't done much. I think maybe just beforehand, I think he tried to get onto a ball and he stumbled, but got back up, regained his regained his feet, passed that ball back out to to uh, Luca Dean to jam again, back to him again, and he re, re regrouped. But he found it tough to get into the game, and that goal was we often much maligned for his uh, for his finishing. I think uh, amongst Aston Villa fans, that's a top finish. That's a striker's finish that he had today. Uh, and it is. And, and people will talk about the header he missed at the back post. That's a corner. He heads that down and hits off, off uh, Ben Davies' head. That's that's what I saw anyway in, in the replays. Um, but 2-1 versus Spurs in their stadium 
and with the games we have to come is is uh, quite is quite a brilliant result. We're two points off the top of the table with 13 games played. Let me just show let me show you the the, the table, the league table here. Um on who scored. Whoa. I don't know, can you guys see it yet? No, you can't because I haven't shared it. So here's the table. Aston Villa, 31 goals for the joint second highest goal scored in the in, in the Premier League, 18 goals against. Board biggest thing here is we're on 28 points. It's fantastic. Like it's just brilliant to see. Creating a five-point buffer back to Newcastle, six-point buffer back to Brighton. Seven point buffer back to Manchester United, eight point buffer back to West Ham. Not winning today could have been a real sliding doors moment for this Aston Villa, this Aston Villa team. When you look at how tight that that top nine is, not winning today could have put us in danger of in the coming weeks slipping from everybody uh, being a darling team in the top five to being just above Chelsea in in ninth place. And it could have happened because our fixtures and for our fixtures in form um, away from home and so on. Like looking at our fixtures as they come up. Whoops, let's bring it up here. Looking at our fixtures as as they are to come. You know, we've got leg, we've got Legia this week. Then we've got Bournemouth. And then we've got City and Arsenal. City, Arsenal, and Brentford. Brentford will be no pushovers as they showed yesterday. A tough three game running uh, there before we get to uh, Sheffield United and Manchester United. Then over over the Christmas break. So. What a brilliant win today! Actually, while we have it here, let's look at some of the statistics. Why not look at the at, at some of the stats from from the game? They're not going to be pretty reading, but uh, be interesting to see what who scored has has the statistics at here while I have it. So looking at it here, the Pau Torres man of the match. It, t- tough to pick a man of the match if you're picking it from an Aston Villa point of view. I, I I would have to say, but I thought Torres was pretty good today. You know, he pl- played a lot of the ball. I haven't looked at these statistics at all, but if we go to the chalkboard, let's take a look at how many passes he had. Uh, how many passes were, were Aston Villa had today? We obviously didn't own the ball. They're not the numbers we normally see. We normally see Pau Torres up in the seventy passes uh, minimum when he's in there. Um, you know, Matty Cash had a very poor game today. Cash and Kanza were they were really out of sync. Um, throughout the whole lot of the time they were on the field together. Sometimes they were ahead of each other and they shouldn't have been. Their positioning was all wrong. Cash was too far inside sometimes. And uh, it, it didn't work. It just didn't work for the two of them today. So some of the passing statistics were uh, were, were were off uh, for, for us today. But, you know, we still got our shots away. Look at that. You think in a game that we, in the game that was played there today, you know, that Spurs would have had a, a massive... Um, a, ma- a mass, a massive amount more of uh, from the shots, shots attempted point of view than Aston Villa did. And what we can see here is they only had three more shots than us. Yes, we were limited to some shots outside outside the box. Um, when we look at uh, when we look at Spurs, we kind of limited them to, or, or they got their shots inside the box. A lot of their shots were cutbacks. A lot of the times we were able, we were there and we were back in numbers. But it's still one of those ones whereby their goal was a shot from outside the box from Lacelso. Clips off Diego Carlos's knee when Emmy Martin has probably had the ball, I would say, and and goes in. So if you don't shoot, you can't score. It's a very simple premise. Don't shoot, you can't score. Score Lacelso puts his laces through one, clips off Diego Carlos's knee, and he made the motion with his knee to go to it, goes in the back of the net. Villa find themselves 1 0 down. Villa should have been down 1 0 for probably about 10 minutes before that, that with, with some of the better chances. But that's the one that put Villa down 1 0. Fortuitous, fortuitous goal, but nobody, begr- I 
you could not begrudge it to Spurs with the way they played because I thought they played really, really well. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. So, uh, like, it's, it, it's, it's a weird game. It's weird to be so, like, it's a smash and grab. And I think we have to say that specifically how we played in the first half. But it's a good, it's, it was a tactical smash and grab in instances because in the second half, Unai Emery made changes that really made a difference. Tielemans came on. I thought he was really good. thought he controlled play, got his foot in the ball. thought he was much more effectual. We withdrew a small a bit more, or we withdrew into that box midfield with Diaby up top chasing the two center halves. Watkins and, and Diaby couldn't get anywhere near the center halves. There was a massive gap between them to the midfield. Our midfield was flat and it was right on our center, on our, on our defense's toes uh, for, for parts of the first half. And it just didn't work. The spacing was all wrong. You hear me talking about spacing the whole time, specifically between midfield and the back line, because it's so pivotal when you're playing a high line and when also you're trying to pass out a defense. It's so pivotal that you have to that you have those areas of the field whereby you can stack players, um, you know, uh, distances apart. If you get yourself flat and you get yourself moving backwards, you end up with six, seven men in that back line. And it becomes really, really difficult then to fashion an attacking uh, an attacking counter-attack or even an attacking move when the team let you have the ball in a certain area and then force you to go into areas where they can press you. And that's what Spurs did. It was Spurs, like we've said it before, sometimes Aston Villa do things that teams expect them to do, but they can't stop it. And Spurs are very much like that. Villa knew that Spurs were going to bait them into parts of the, as in bait them into going into parts of the field. And they did. And Spurs did that in the first half and they did it brilliantly. Kulazewski, Kulazewski was excellent today, I thought. Absolutely excellent for that whole game today. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And he was very good at pulling back when he needed to and on rushing and creating that high press whenever he needed to. And in the first half, he caused havoc with Aston Villa. Bentoncourt was given the, was given the freedom of the park in the first half for the first 25 minutes. I think I tweeted about it probably probably about a minute before Matty Cash decided he was he'd had he'd seen enough and uh and yeah I went in with a pretty clumsy tackle. I don't think it was awful tackle. It certainly wasn't a red card tackle for me, but it was it was a clumsy one and then unfortunately Bentoncourt had to go off go off injured. 
Um, and I think Benton Crow going off injured did have an effect because he's a better passer of the ball. He's a better ball manipulator and he's better joining in and attacks than Pierre, Pierre Heuberg is. So I think that did have an effect. Um, Spurs began to run out of steam as the game went on. Yes, they had their count, their attacks, and Martinez was forced into two brilliant saves, absolutely brilliant saves at one point. And they did have their attacks. They were still able to go forward. But I think in midfield and in defense, they did begin to run out of steam. But they had no, because they had no options to bring off the bench. Whereas Aston Villa did. And I thought Leon Bailey, Tielemans played really well when they came in at halftime. I thought they played well when they came in at halftime, for sure. Um, then obviously we're able to bring on Jacob Ramsey and John Duran just as the as the fourth officials uh, board goes up to, to motion six minutes, brings uh, bring them on, kills a bit of time, also freshens it up a small bit. There's two minds of thought in that one. Ballsy enough to bring on two players. You could maybe ruin the sink of the team. It didn't seem to. Duran actually played when he came on, held the ball up in the in in the, the corners, got a free just before the final whistle as well. So some really good tactical substitutions, albeit it must be called out that Unai Emery got a flat wrong with Kanza and Cash on that right-hand side in the first half. And that would, that's, uh, I'm open to correction on it, but when I watch that back, I can't imagine I'm going to watch that back and think anything different other than the Kanza and Cash piece did not work. And, and it didn't work against this team. It's not that it won't work. It's not that I'm, I'm not sitting here saying, I never want to see it again. That's not it. You know, I'm not that type of person. Not that type of, uh, I don't give that type of analysis usually, um, unless it's egregious. But I think it just didn't work for this game. It didn't work for this game because the two of them were unsure of their position. They were pressed very, very well. And um, it, the, the, the structure that they had, albeit while on the left-hand side, we were pressed also. We had more structure, we had better structure to be able to allow the midfield to 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 move back in uh, into position when we lost the ball on the left-hand side. When we lost it on the right-hand side, it was a bit more panicked than how the midfield shuffled across to try and get there. So that's all part of shape work. That's all part of familiarity. And that's what makes Unai Emery's setup so good. I'm going to come to some of your... Whoa, 243 comments. I'm going to come to some of your comments. Um... Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's some people agreeing here with, uh, with me and with Jonathan Ridgeway about the subs at halftime. Um, and Dennis White agrees and says that snatch the smash and grab, uh, that that was a smash and grab as well. Richard says Unai masterclass. I definitely think Unai spotted the mistake and wasn't going to give it any more time and made the change. I, I did say at halftime that I probably would have kept the Abbey on for maybe 10 minutes. I know he wasn't playing well, couldn't get in the ball, and I just hate when a ball comes into a person's feet like that and you've got great feet and you've got great speed you don't back yourself to shave to to faint towards goal and and you cut back and then when you cut back and you lose the ball or you take a shot and and the, the man who you've cut back to to bamboozle blocks it just looks bad whereas if you try and take the ball in try and manipulate it in some way and buy a penalty buy a free even if you get even if the defender tackles make him tackle you make him make him do something that he should be proud of as opposed to kicking the ball off him there was a couple of times like that. I think Diaby would have, would want those back where he could maybe attack or maybe let the ball run across his body and manipulate it that way, as opposed to trying to cut back on his left hand side all the time. But um, it's look as I say, uh, the the substitution worked for sure. Um, Nigel Franklin says Martinez and Torres were standouts for me. The doggy was good for them. Yeah, absolutely. And Daniel Hughes says, "What a result! I'm speechless. This team doesn't fail to surprise me. So proud of the boys. What a shift they put in, in the second half. Champions League, anyone?" 
I think Champions League would be would be music to everybody's ears for absolute certain. And Kieran O'Callaghan says the lucky hat worked, Neil, up the villa. And I have a box of lucky hats here if anybody wants uh, wants to buy one for Christmas. I have a full box of them here. And some of them have made their way around the world uh, already last week. So you can go on to ForTheLoveOfPalmagra.com and you can see you can get either bucket or beanie hats. They're up on ForTheLoveOfPalmagra.com. And I didn't pay Kieran, o Kieran O'Callaghan um, to say that in the, in, in the comments. Um, Stefan, Stefan Davis says, Conza wasn't the issue. Carlos was. Conza couldn't play right back today against, against Brighthill. Absolutely couldn't play right back today. That like it's not that he's a bad player or anything like that. That's not what I'm getting at here. But Kanza was so unsure of where he where he was supposed to be against Brian Hill at, at right back today because they had Odogi coming into the center, and that's really what it was because Odogi was coming into the center from from his right from his uh, left back position. He was dragging Cash inside, and he was creating massive areas in front in, in in front of Kanza, whereby Brian Hill could just could just drift off him. And it's difficult. It's not that I'm I'm not. Like I'm not anti Kanza. Jesus, he's been our best player this season outside of Douglas Louise. It's just today it was difficult for him because the Kanza and Cash thing just didn't work. It, it, it and um, as I say, it's it's it was it was because of the opposition more so than anything else. I think more so than the two of them not being able to play those positions because we've seen Matty Cash against Burnley this season come up with two goals, and we've seen Ezri Kanza against um, Azad Alkmaar recently as well, just have an absolutely sterling performance at right back. So it just didn't work today for them, I don't think. Yes, Carlos was a bit was was. Uh, I thought Carlos was actually much better in the second half, but in the first half there was there was obvious kind of um, positioning issues between himself and Pau Torres as well, for sure. He doesn't get off scot free, like doesn't get off scot free. Um, it, 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 where else are we? Uh, Dennis White agrees that um, that Martinez was man in the match as well with some other people there. Yeah, let's see, let's see, let's see. Happy birthday, Rachel. Is he all well? People are wishing Rachel happy birthday, Rachel. An absolute there it is, Rachel in St. Louis, a stalwart of the channel, always in the chat, never misses a day. Rachel, happy birthday to you. I hope you have a fantastic uh weekend of celebration. And I hope this one is the ice candy cake, like you said there, that the weekend is much better now. Um so well done. Well done and well done and being born on on, on a date not too uh, far from this in the not too distant past. <laughs> um, Lee Bruce says Tielemans is special with the ball at his feet. I thought Tielemans was good today. Yeah, I thought he was good when he came on. I thought he offered a small a bit more composure in there. And as I say, we were able to play that box midfield much better. Kamara and Luis were much more uh, stay uh, were be much better stationed. And I thought McGinn came into it much more in the second half as well. He ran his legs off in the second half, and when he came off, um, you know, I don't think. Uh, I think he was probably looking for a small bit of a breather at that stage because I thought he was much more active in the second half for sure. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And uh, as I say, Martin is his double save. I think I tweeted, I don't know where that picture came from. So if it was for many of you guys and, and you want the credit, just let me know. But I tweeted how at full stretch Martinez had to be for that, that that second save of the double save. It was just absolutely brilliant. And Captain K says, Yuri's t assist today was tasty. I agree. It was just a nice little, very very well weighted ball um into the right position then Ali Watkins would have would a fantastic finish. I think that was a really great finish as well. Um where else are we? I'm gonna scroll down towards the bottom as well. Um yeah, 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 yeah. So I did this one, Simon Kenny. The second half went on forever. I thought it did too. Specifically when we went two one up, I was like 
the second started to count double almost um, at that stage because in the first half is in the first half it was a case I, I, I looked up at the clock and I went yeah there's maybe 16 minutes gone here and I know we've not been great but we'll grow into the game and then I looked up uh, we went 1-0 down and I looked up at the clock and all of a sudden it was turned red and we had that free kick for Douglas Louise so I don't know whether that's just perception of time when your team is losing you probably think that the that the, the clock ticks an awful lot faster. And when your team is winning, it probably goes an awful lot slower. But I think so. Yeah, yeah. Hi, Coffee says, how did Bailey play? Did he have any chances in this game to assist? I thought Bailey played well. I thought he car carried the ball well. Um, there was one time I did have a roar at him um, when he didn't track back. But apart from that, I thought he was a good outlet. I thought he was a way better outlet than the Abbey was throughout the whole course of the whole game. I thought Villa got the ball to him at the correct times. Um, sometimes I actually thought they could have got it to him quicker. Um, given that we had their back, their back line at once or twice in our counter attack on their heels, um, he was unlucky not to score one. Um, was it Bailey? I think it was Bailey who had the shot who, that came off the post, came back, hit Vicario, and then Vicario got to save it. Um, as I said, for Aston Villa, they hit the post, hit off Emmy Martinez, and go into the back of the net. There's just the way the football gods work for Aston Villa, but um, I was yeah I was very happy with Bailey, much more effective than uh, than Diaby was, and arguably gave us uh, down that right hand side gave them something more to look at because um, they couldn't just push up and and expect to like like Matty Cash's attacking intent in the first half just wasn't there, um, but then again nobody's was because we couldn't get hold of the ball. So by having Bailey out there as an outlet, it kind of kept them honest as well. So yeah, I was very happy with how he played when he came on. Very happy. Um, where else are we? Bum, 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 bum. Yeah, and John Steele says, that wasn't one for the faint-hearted, but holy crap, Guan the Villa. And I think that's absolutely it. I think that's that's uh, that's exactly how I was feeling. Um, we're going to finish it up here because, as I say, it's... I will get Paddy on again maybe tomorrow and we will go through this in more depth. I do want to watch it back again because there was times I was watching it. And do you know what? Do you know when you get a set in your head and you kind of get, you kind of, you're believing something has happened in the game and then it's clouding your judgment in the game then throughout the whole game. I, I, there was a couple of times that that started to happen to me um, and I wanted, to, I wanted to watch the game back before I go into much more detail. So we'll have Paddy on again maybe tomorrow. And we'll go into more detail on it. And uh, after that, then it's on onwards towards uh, Legio Warsaw in the middle of the week. But we're going to finish off with Jonathan Ridgeway. Uh, Jonathan says, two points off top, Neil. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, but we're winning the league. Up the villa for the and at for the love of Pomegranate and for the podcast. Why not leave it on that? Let's not get ahead of ourselves, but just remember, everybody, we're winning the league after today. Um, bring on City, bring on Arsenal. If we can play that poorly at Spurs and get a 2-1 win, albeit Spurs being a depleted team, let's see what happens against City and Arsenal. I'm looking forward to them. I'm looking forward to testing ourselves against those teams and, and hopefully being healthy against those two teams and, and uh, getting, specifically at home, I think, against Man City, you know, getting the crowd behind behind us and, and, and embracing and cherishing what we have at the moment. Put your arms around this team. Protect this team from outside influence. Protect, the, uh, and what I mean by that is protect this team from nonsense that you might hear that might take this, might might be trying to bring this team down. This is as good as we've had it in decades. As good as we've had it in decades. So, form a circle, whatever you want to call it, circle the wagons. Put your arms around this team and embrace it and enjoy it. Because even in a game today where we didn't play well for fifty-five odd minutes, 
outside of a, a peach of a header and a peach of a cross, they're the overall picture of 13 games into the season is is really rosy for Aston Villa. And fingers crossed it gets rosier against Bournemouth, Man City, Arsenal, and onward and Brentford as we move towards the um the 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 Christmas time or the holiday break or the Christmas break. See you all tomorrow, everybody. In the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy. Aston Villa two, Spurs one. Up the villa! Of course, I've got my own thing. Podcast Network.